0: Hello and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Taimur, how are you doing this week,
1: mate? Knackered. I just woke up. It's what's time? It's eight AM over here. I'm in. uh, I'm in a place called North Macedonia. I got here yesterday, and I'm here until until tomorrow night. What's the deal with North Macedonia? I'm not too sure. Um, I'm trying to learn a bit about the history of the place. I think there's all like I think Alexander the Great is supposed to have been from this region. Um, there's very like old Soviet vibes going on. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of wait. Let me see. Is it in the Balkans?
0: Where is it on Google Maps? North Macedonia. North. Oh, it's sort of just
1: above Greece. Yeah, it's in that kind of region, Southeast Europe, next to
0: uh, Albania and Bulgaria and Kosovo.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Why why did you go to North Macedonia, of all places?
1: Um, We're doing a little lads trip. We wanted to go somewhere with a sort of big Muslim population. And so this was on the list, I think. Apparently, officially, about a third of the population is Muslim. But... Some taxi driver or something said that it's actually closer to a half. There's a lot of like undocumented people or something. Oh, cool. Um, so this was on the short list. I think like Bosnia was on the short list. A few other, a few other places like that. Uh, but here we are. So I got here yesterday at like 4am and uh, we're just going to do some, do some day trip type things. So that's me. How was your week going?
0: been pretty good looking at my calendar what have i done this week oh yeah i was on a team retreat in wales oh nice from uh sunday through to thursday which was sick and i set myself a challenge that every day i was going to write out one chapter one whole chapter of my book and oh, i like managed it. it it was good really? yeah one chapter the, crappy, a day? the crappy first draft at least of one chapter a day for four days
1: wait what's the can you give a status update on the book because i thought you already had almost basically written the whole book at this point
0: no, so I had written about half the book at this point, okay. and then we sort of ended up revising a lot of things in terms of just the outline and that ended up changing a bunch of bits when we got a new editor in and she was like, "Yeah, the stuff you've written, some of it is good, most of it's a bit crap, so we need to scrap most of it and like start again
1: so you're not doing the pilot plane engineer thing
0: no that that went out of the window about like
1: a year ago. Are you doing the make it fun thing is that the
0: uh, no, that was then the next thing which was which I started writing about and yeah. that went out the window as well.
1: So what's the latest thing?
0: The latest thing is that the um, the secret to sustainable productivity is to harness energy from your work, find a way to make energizing rather than completely draining. And if you can do that, you'll be more productive at doing it. But also you'll have way more energy to give to the things that really matter to you.
1: Nice. Yeah, I mean, that sounds sensible. But like... Mm. I mean, to me, like n- these all sound like decent ideas. Like it doesn't, you know, the last one doesn't sound like terrible. Like how, yeah, like surely you could keep do You could keep like rehashing this for you know, till kingdom come like what, what like, do you just think the editor really knows what they're talking about or something?
0: Yeah. At some point you have to kind of basically set it in stone and be like, right, this is, this is how it's going to go down. Um, the difficulty is that, like, I mean, with a book like this, it's it's really all about the framing. Like, all the yeah, the, the, the material is never going to be novel. There's, there's nothing ever that's novel in, in some of these books. But the Yeah, thing I that agree. You, but, like,
1: yeah, what makes, I mean, to, to you know, to the untrained eye like mm. mine, this framing does not seem, like, drastically better than the previous framing. Like, they would seem decent.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think make it fun would have worked. Uh, the issue with make it fun is that it's, it's not a, it's not a particularly defensible thesis and in the eyes of everyone who looked at it any anyone who like all of the editors and agent and stuff, they were just like, yeah, this make it fun thing. is like, okay, I see what you're saying, but like, it's also not true. Like, you know, not everything can be fun. It's just way too easy to poke holes okay, into the yeah. argument. Yeah. And as we were, as I was writing it and I got through halfway through the book, I also realized, okay, this this thesis does not work. Oh, okay. so you have to kind of rewind, figure out what the thesis is, and then rejig all the content to to fit the new one. Yeah, what's going on with that? So I've done the crappy first drafts of chapters one through six. I've got chapter seven, eight, nine. Um, so in theory, today and tomorrow is my um, on my to do list is to finish chapter seven, the rough first draft.
1: So do you think do you think this framing is the one?
0: Uh, I think so. I
1: think I still need to figure out
0: like the best phraseology for it because if someone asks what's the book about it's like "Mm, it's a book about about, uh, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's a book about productivity i'd say it's a book about how to do more how to do more of the things that really matter to you um in a way that's more that's fun and more sustainable or it's a book about how to it's a book that'll help you do more of what really matters to you in a way that's fun and sustainable okay yeah it's like that's the that's the result that people are going to get from reading the book hopefully and then yeah. the method is like, Oh, how'd you do that? Well, really the secret is that you want to figure out what energizes you. And turns out if you, whatever. Um, I was, I actually did, did a podcast interview with Will McCaskill of effective. Oh, You're yeah. sick. So good. Yeah. Uh, it's, com- it's coming out sometime in August on, on the deep dive. Um, and what he said, we, we ended up devolving into book chat after a lot of altruism and long termism chat, mm. uh, is that, Really, it's 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 like fifty percent of the value of the book is in that one story that you tell about the book. Um, what? Like, no one remembers. Oh, the three P's: power, playing, people, or whatever. Like, no no one remembers that. But people remember. Oh, Ali Abdal that, that that Oh, that book about like sustainable productivity. Oh, it's it's that story. So he's got. To, he was like, you've you got to figure out that story. Um, and I think I have. Oh, oh, as I, as I say this, I think I think I have the story. The story is that you know back in the day when I was uh, when I was working as a as a doctor to use just to still harp on, on that one, um, there'd be some days where I'd get home from the end of the day of work feeling completely drained and like mm. I don't have the energy to do anything at all. Yeah. But there would be other days where I'd get home complete, like you know, at the end of the day like super, super energized and yeah. I'd be ready to crank out like YouTube videos or like work on my mm. blog or like podcast or whatever. Yeah. And the thing that I asked myself was what is the difference between those two days? What is it that makes some days and some work really draining, And what is it that makes other work really energizing? Even though like on the surface, I was kind of doing the same thing most, Mm. most days. Yeah. Um, And doing that made me realize that actually there's some things that reliably when they're in my day, they make it way more energizing. And then when a publisher came to me and asked me, Hey, do you want to write a book about, you know, your secret to productivity? I was like, hang on, is there, is there something here? And we dove into all the research and shit and found that actually these, these things that make work energizing for me also make work energizing for most people. And there's like a whole evidence base behind it. And it all relates to the power, like the idea of motivation and willpower and like, what are the things that drive intrinsic motivation? And that is what the book is about or something.
1: Yeah. I like that story. That's a nice story. I think it's very relatable. Um, on the topic of intrinsic motivation I've started to see some folks on twitter.com say that it doesn't really exist Have you started to, are, you, are you aware I'm not, of the, I'm
0: not I'm not on the bleeding edge of Twitter.com
1: <laughs> yeah there's some, folks, there's, some, there's some folks that I follow um, are you familiar with the Montessori method and Maria um, Montessori?
0: Yes, I, I'm not familiar with that, but I've come across it. What's the deal with that?
1: Yeah, so on Montessori Twitter, um, some people are anti-intrinsic motivation and don't really think it exists. Um, let me find...
0: I mean, I've just Googled it. Montessori approach to building... A... Montessori is built on intrinsic motivation.
1: Well, well, well
0: is this why I need a second brain rather than Google? Uh,
1: but yeah, it's basically this kind of, uh, you know, educational philosophy by this woman called M- Mariah Maria Montessori. Uh, And we actually went to a Montessori school when we were younger, Mm. by the way. Um, One in the city. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this guy, there's a guy called Matt Bateman on Twitter. Great Mm. follow. Um, M Bateman, M-B-A-T-E-M-A-N. He recently... Uh, yeah he claims that extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation is a trap external rewards can be good internal motives aren't always worthy ones more importantly in real cases the distinction collapses healthy motivation of involves integrating processes and effects in oneself and the world uh
0: can you can you link me that tweet?
1: Yeah, his um his wife is currently working on a blog post, or an essay rather called "There's No Such Thing as Intrinsic Motivation." So maybe we'll we'll have to wait for that one to drop. But I just wanted to to you know give you a sneak peek of mm. as, as you've described it the be, the bleeding edge of twitter.com This is um, interesting. Yeah, I think so you like, definitely this guy this guy will be very relevant to your book and stuff. Okay, I'll You'll drop him a DM and be like, that. hey,
0: do you want to hop on a call?
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, if you get on call with this guy, just talk about like intrinsic extrinsic motivation. I think he will be able to like sick. Yeah, because yeah, but- basically it's um like no one is questioning it, right? Like this extrinsic intrinsic motivation thing. It's such a like it's such a meme, and like it seems so convincing. Like I'm i bought into it. Like I don't know, I don't know what what these guys have uh, are going to say against it, but I'm like super bought into it. I think it's like one of the most useful like you know, hashtag mental models <laughs> of, uh, you know, of all time. Like, it's just like this incredible concept um, that like changes your life. Once you hear about it, once you've just hear the words, you know, it's like such a huge thing. And um, yeah, there are, there are some sophisticated naysayers, which I think is always interesting. So yeah, I reckon you should chat to Matt Bateman. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Our, in the in the in the book, our thesis is that it's not so. It's not it's not as simple as intrinsic versus extrinsic. Oh, mate, great, um, yeah. There are occasions in which rewards and punishments are in fact helpful,
1: um, okay, if
0: used if used appropriately and used with the appropriate warning warning label attached. Um, right. and yeah, I need to yeah, I need to I need to read Alfie Kohn's uh, "Punished by Rewards" as well, just to mm-hmm. see what the child the child psychology vibe is on this front. Yeah, um, so. That could be interesting. So that's the book. That's what the book is about. And interview with Will went swimmingly. We, I think we talked for about four and a half hours, um, which was a bit excessive, I think, for him. Um, but he said afterwards he could have gone on for longer.
1: And really? Wow.
0: Yeah. Isn't, I've decided that I need to... How long, I, I've, how long is the podcast? I, I would probably, I don't know, maybe four hours, three, three three and a half hours. Um, and I've decided I need to orient my career around impact. <laughs> Um, when I when, when I came it, home and told me, yeah, she was like, why "Dude, you I've like been telling you this, this for five years." <sighs>
1: um, yeah. well, what took was the? Uh, I mean, is this just like a recency bias of like you've just chatted to Wilmer Castle for four hours and now you're hyped about Impact and then like tomorrow you know, <laughs> and then, like not care anymore? Um, yeah,
0: I think that that is definitely a part of it, which is why I need to figure out a. Um a framing an a, an internally consistent argument in my mind for why this is the thing that I care about or why I should care about this thing, and may and then hope that that argument is resistant to the external pressures to care I mean, you've about been things this, like, right
1: like, like when you had like yeah, I feel like when you had to see it on your YouTube video a few years ago hmm um, talking about like effective altruism and like you took the pledge and all this stuff. Yeah. I feel like you had a similar like realization then of like, Oh my God, I've got, I've got to like reorient my life towards this. Like, I, I don't think uh, I did. I've got to find a uh, logically coherent thing that, not, you know, <laughs> you said the same shit, dude. I don't think I did. No, you weren't like energized to do it. No. When, I mean, when I took the pledge, it was like, great, I'll take the pledge and then I'll stop thinking about it. Okay. Um, what did will say to make you care more about impact now?
0: Honestly, I I think, I think that really one, I, I have sort of been feeling a bit of a sense of, Hmm. Purposelessness is too strong a word, but like along, along that axis, Mm. um, because I feel like, Beyond this book as a sort of fairly um, proximal project to be working on, I don't really have something that I'm striving for. Mm. Um, in the sense that like, you know, we're, we, we're, when, when doing our business planning, we've been thinking like, well, what is our 10 year goal? And yeah. for me, the 10 year goal was just like, look, just want to be a profitable business that helps people while having fun. Yeah. And we are already a, profitable business that helps people while having fun Mm. and so there was something about the lifestyle business goal that was like yeah i I don't really care about goals i don't need to make more money i'm just very happy sustaining what we've got right now and just making sure it's i'm I'm doing the things i enjoy and kind of helping people help helping people in the ways i want to ie teaching yep and that's all well and good um but it's also meant that you know like for example in our three-year plan we have all these like metrics that like it would be cool to hit and we have a one-year plan and we have like the start and it's like a lot of the stuff that i'm doing is aimed at I guess, uh growing the business through creating content. Yeah. And the problem is that there's no real good reason to do it. Because mm-hmm. it's like the bigger the business gets, the more the, the the more faff it becomes. Yes, I'll probably make more money, but like those that that money is at lower margins because then we have a higher headcount. It's just more faff. Also, why do I need more money? It's all like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um whereas And when I spoke to Mo Gaudat, who's the author of Solve for Happy on the podcast, and he and I had breakfast a couple weeks ago as well, he was like chief business officer of Google X for ages. And like, you know, I'm I'm imagining like stupidly rich. Um, But then he had this um, tragic thing that happened that his, his son who was 16 years old uh, died in this um, surgical uh, mistake thing for an appendectomy. And Mo decided to sort of reorient his life around trying to make people, help people become happier. Like kind of, he, you know, cause his son Ali was always the source of joy and happiness in the world. Mm. And so he had this mission for him and his team, um, 1 billion people happier. And he and I talked about that when he was on my pod. And he said that having a goal like that, like a service oriented goal yeah. really is it. That's like the only thing that drives him now. Cause he doesn't care about money and status and all that crap. Mm. Um, beyond a certain point it's just become becomes totally meaningless so he said that orienting his his life around that has given him purpose and similarly i was chatting chatting to will about this and i mentioned that like yeah i'm actually not really sure what to do with the business because you know we're operating at 60 percent margins that just seems you know overly high and the only reason our margins are that high is because i feel this need for a financial safety net And he was like yeah that's really bad or he was like that 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 seems extremely suboptimal (laughs) um because right now it's 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 almost like i think in lucia's case if you're a nonprofit that has too much money you actually don't have the ability to suitably deploy that capital and so what do you do with money you probably just like stick it in the S P or donate it or or whatever so we'll saying that like yeah you've so you've got this excess cash in the bank you could stick in the S&P, which, which would net you 5%. You could donate it, which would net you probably a little bit more than that. Um, but if given given your me, you can probably have more impact through actually using that money to spread the message of EA, for example, yeah. or spread the message of helping people figure out what to do with their careers and how to lean towards a career, career that's meaningful and impactful and fulfilling and all that stuff. Yeah. And in a way, that would mean that we should be spending that money and more on reaching more people because, you know, 3 million subscribers right now, what's the, in, in my, in my current worldview, what is the difference between 3 million and 6 million? Basically nothing. It just, it just ramps up the pressure and it just means I make a little bit more money. It won't, it probably won't won't scale to 2X and really won't, uh, scale my own personal happiness or well being or anything like that. But if you have an impact goal and suddenly the thing that you care about is like, I want to help more people in the world figure out a career that's meaningful and impactful. Mm. Um, or change the trajectory of their life towards something that does good. Yeah. Suddenly six million is way better than three
1: million. Yeah.
0: And it means, that, you know, we were sort of vaguely toying with the idea of like, Oh, in, in, a, in, a, in a hypothetical future where that was the goal, um, you know, there would, there would even be foundations and stuff that we might be, we, we, we might be able to measure our impact in terms of number of people who have been turned onto this movement. And there might be foundations who'd be like, you know what, we're just going to fund you. <laughs> so you just keep, keep, keep doing more of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thinking about that, and I've been, been mulling it over for the last day, you know, how like it, w- it would be cool to have some sort of impact goal of some sort. Uh, yeah. It would just be cool. So I just need to chat to various people and, and figure out what, what said goal actually is. Cause currently here's I don't really the, have a, yeah.
1: Here's the thing. Like for years you've been, you've been saying that like, your goal is to like make people happier and healthier and more productive or something. Right. Like yeah, help people live their best life. Yeah. You've always claimed to have this angle. So like, what is, what's different this time? Like, like what is, what is new, bruv? Like you've, you've always claimed to care about this.
0: Mm. Um, I think what's new is, like this is still the thing I care about. And what I need to do is basically find a, a goal to strive for that is somewhat measurable in terms of this thing of helping people live their best life. Um, and so like when I was, when I was, when I was speaking at the Oxford union a couple of weeks ago, one of the people in the audience asked the question of, "Um, what was I? where was I going with this? Helping people live their best life purpose. Oh yeah. One of the people asked the question of, do you feel bad that you like, even if like you might have encouraged some small percentage of people to leave medical school or not apply to medical school or drop out of medicine to pursue other things? Mm. um, Do you not feel bad about the impact that that has on the healthcare system? And I thought I was thinking about this a lot. And you know, my response at the time, which I still, I still buy is that, a, the UK healthcare system has enough doctors and has okay, currently cannot actually even cope with the demand, with the supply of doctors. In that there are a thousand plus okay. people that didn't get a place for jobs, but whatever. Yeah. But more on the side is like, if I can encourage people to actually do the thing that they find personally meaningful and fulfilling and drives them, then I think the net impact on the world is way higher than if those same people didn't realize that they actually are not a good fit for medicine and end up doing it yeah, and sure. hating it and hating their lives. Yeah, and I was shouting to our mutual friend Evie last night, who is a podcast listener, whose life was essentially changed by the podcast when she discovered Lucia. One, of many. Lucia. one of many, one of many, one of many, one of many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we should be more consistent with it. Um, and she discovered Lucia, and she said she was saying She was saying last night that like, you know, you've probably changed the trajectory of my life because her discovering Lucia led to her discovering the EA movement, led to her like suddenly going all in on this thing. Mm. And it's like that's the kind of impact that I really like, where if I if I imagine the impact that someone like uh Optimal Minimal Tim Tim Ferris had yeah. on me, and just he just his book just completely changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. And I want to be able to have that sort of impact on people. And so that's like has been the vague thought that's, that's in my mind. But I think
1: having But like this has been this has like been in your mind for years, mate. Like there's noth- there's nothing new here. I think the thing that's new here is
0: that basically putting a number on it putting a clear like, what does this actually look like? Um, is there a way that we can measure this in a way that in, that creates almost a funding gap? That's like, okay, cool. We have this goal that we're working towards. We're like, oh, wow, we're nowhere near there. We should deploy the capital in the business to working towards that thing. Okay, yeah. As opposed to, we want to help people live their best lives, which we're already doing. We want to be profitable and have fun, which we're already doing. So it's like, what's the point of running the business? It's like, oh, to maintain the status quo, to, to continue having a nice lifestyle. It's like, at some point, the goal of I want my life to be chill and easy yeah. and fun is just not particularly motivating. Yeah. Uh, at some point, the goal of I want to make more money so that I can just stick more in the S&P 500 or in crypto is not particularly motivating.
1: Especially not now, mate. Especially not now. I mean, yeah. it's on sale though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think... Do you think if you come up know. with yeah. a number, that'll be motivating for you?
0: I think so. I mean, it's a, I, ha, I have this hypothesis that it, that it would, and I suspect it would be very motivating for the team as well. Um,
1: I buy that it would be motivating for the team. Mm. I, I'm not that convinced it's going to be motivating for you, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's a bit of a hypothesis. Um, all about experimentation.
1: I think basically, right, like... you'll disagree with this maybe because of your whole like motivation is a myth thing. I don't know where you stand on that these days, but I think like when you truly care about a particular goal, the number itself is like less relevant. The number itself is set is like secondary and like, you know, it, it helps you like micro it kind of micro guides you mm. right but like it is secondary you know like without the number you'd be like pretty pretty roughly oriented towards that thing anyway like when you're thinking about what's motivating it's yeah. not the number it's just no, like the thing i agree with you yeah right I, I, it's so like you, you, you can't Yeah, my my view is basically that nothing underlying has changed. Like, yeah, to some degree, you care about helping people, um, you know, live their best lives, that, you know, you've cared about that for the past few years. This conversation yesterday hasn't really changed how much you care about that. And, like, Mm -hmm. if you just find some number, some way to quantify it, like, you know, it's not going to like magically change, like how you actually feel about these things.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's about the number. I think it's about the clarity of the goal because helping people live the best life is not a particularly clear thing. And I've, I've always been like, Oh, I want to be a teacher. But the question I was thinking about last night is a teacher of what, like what is the, the thing that I want to teach other than, and previously my thing has always been like, I just like learning cool things and then like teaching the cool things. Um, yeah. which is again fine, but it's I think there is there's one more step along that path of figuring out like okay then and what is what is the thing that I want to teach okay. And I think broadly it comes down to you know helping people live a bit more intentionally to be be, be more intentional with their decisions on the route to living a best life or some something to that effect but I think yeah there's there's like one one or two more steps to go in figuring out what that goal specifically is. Um, rather than just the general vague notion of like, I want to be a teacher and I want to help people live the best life. I think we'll see.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you do care a lot about wanting about like, yeah, helping people make better career decisions broadly, like around helping people like understand all the options for the broad strokes of their life and like pick mm. the right one for them kind of thing. It does feel like you care about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think it help help, help people make better decisions with their career and with their life or something like that might be
1: the one. Huh? So like, yeah. what was it about Will's the conversation with Will yesterday? It seems like, What did he he say exactly to get you on this? Or it it seems like more of an internal thing of like, uh, you know, this seems a bit like meaningless, like what am I doing kind of vibes. Yeah, I've sort of had the bit
0: meaningless kind of vibes for the last few months since I've, you know, really started to think about what I actually want to do with my career. Um, Because I think like, in the early days of the YouTube stuff, and even up until probably this time, maybe this time last year, actually no, maybe only about six months ago. Like, it, it's it's only been in the last sort of six to twelve months that our revenues have just been have, have just been ridiculous, thanks to the YouTuber Academy. And it's like kind of weird that half of our business is dependent on this random course that I, we just sort of came up with the idea for. That it really has very little to do with the actual videos that we're making. Mm. And so this has been making me think a lot about, you know, doing the, doing the calculations, going on causal, figuring out like, you know, working with a financial advisor, figuring out how much money do I really need to be financially independent, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's just like, okay, cool. We're good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And just me just being a bit more comfortable with uncertainty of like, I don't know if I'm 50 years from now, I'm still going to be making YouTube videos, but I'm sure I'll figure something out. Yeah. Which means that it's like, all right, cool. Now the thing that's driving me is no longer the need for a financial safety net. mmm and therefore what is the thing that's driving me yeah so that that's been an internal thing over the last like six nine months ish and talking to will a made me realize that oh crap the world is potentially in a bit of a bad state um, and okay. something about it because I I've, no, I've never really fully engaged with that kind of stuff like I've never seen any of the documentaries about like why meat is bad or uh, like I know I know that they exist but I've never bothered engaging with that side of the world, particularly okay. um, beyond hearing about sure them. you
1: have heard like, you see her talk about this stuff many times. Um, n- see,
0: some, sometimes yes, but like, she's not that hard. Like she, she's not that like hit, hit you on the head with it. Mm. Um, she is, I think she's kind of like lead a horse to water and allow it to drink. <laughs> and so mm. she has led me to the water and I haven't, I, I have never yet drunk. Yeah. Um, so it's like, genuinely I did, did, didn't have an appreciation for, her. oh crap. These things are actually important especially Will's stuff about long-termism, which obviously he was very convince, uh, convincing about it, and I need to read his book more closely and a bunch of other stuff. So A, I think the, the the missing piece was, in a way, me just not really appreciating that, hang on, there are problems in the world and I can do something about them. Um, or, or rather, that there are problems in the world and we should collectively do something about them, and therefore I can do something about them, and here is the way that I can have impact. It's just like that causal chain, I just haven't really kind of made it legible in my mind. Um and then the other thing with will is just like I th- I th- I think it's one of those things like when you when you meet someone who you look up to, you know, he's like ridiculously successful by all metrics. It's, it's like, you know, if my career trajectory of like putting stuff out in the world and writing books that are sick and being on podcasts that are sick and like you know, he convinced basically talked Sam Harris into taking the pledge and Sam Harris now talks about effective altruism with loads of people. Um, Will's talk at MIT 10 years ago is, or 15 years ago was where a chap called Sam decided, Oh my gosh, I need to do earn to give and joined Jane street and then set up ftx.com. And has now set up a foundation. It's, It's like the, he's now like the richest person in the world under the age of 35. Um, and is giving hundreds of millions to charity and effective causes. It's like that impact is super inspiring, um, and I think sort of speaking to him and hearing about that firsthand kind of made me think, "Oh, this is a guy who is sort of like me, who has done a thing that is really cool that I think is I also think is really cool by my own kind of external metrics of like this guy's sick." Mm. Um, And he seems to be living off of 27K a year and donating all the rest of it and sort of giving his life towards this cause of impact. That's sick. That's really cool. And I think there's something about speaking to someone that, like, yeah, just how I think Evie really vibed with the way that Lucio approaches life, that, oh, wow, there's this girl who's, like, orienting her life towards impact and dropped out of being a doctor to... Pursue a charity thing. That's amazing. That's so sick. It's like I think that is sort of the feeling I had with Will. That like, oh wow, this guy (laughs) is like really cool, (laughs) and oriented his life towards impact, and that's sick. And i and and therefore I could do that too. Mm -hmm. And I think what it takes is speaking to someone that you look up to in that way, because like you know we, we we've spoken to people like Neil and Joey who are also into big into this stuff. Yeah, but it's like I I don't they're not relatable for you. The, they're, they're not they're relatable for me in the sense that like i think they are my peers whereas someone like Wilma mccaskill is someone who i view as aspirational rather okay, than yeah. quote just a peer yeah um and so i think some i think similar to for example you know someone like tim ferris or sam harris or, or, or whatever but these guys are not peers they are like aspirational they're like yeah. a level above and there's something about that that is very inspiring if you vibe with that kind of lifestyle and that kind of mission to think yeah i could i could do this as well yeah hmm i'm actually tearing up a bit thinking about this it's weird what the fuck
1: <laughs> oh i wish the video quality was better i can't really mm-hmm. i can't really see all this me through my little 1080p webcam on. hmm it's like, what's, you said a lot of things there, Mm -hmm. some of which were like quite different. It seems like.
0: So you asked what changed when I spoke to Will and I said two things. Number one, that, I just sort of over the course of four hours was convinced that the world is, has problems that people should solve and I can do something about it as well, mm-hmm. which is one. And number two is sort of the relatability and aspirational ability of the guy that I was speaking to. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you travel the world, if you, you know, the idea of traveling the world in the abstract seems very like, Oh, that seems cool to a bunch of people, including me if you speak to someone for four and a half hours who has who you like to who like for, like for example if i were to speak to tim ferris or rolf potts or someone yeah. and they would be like god by the way traveling the world is absolutely sick it's like changed my life in all these ways and like you, know, <clears throat> you yeah. consider traveling the world i'd be like right damn now i i, I have a person who I, I i can see has done the thing yeah, 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 their yeah life and now traveling the world to me is no longer an abstract concept
1: yeah um, okay yeah i think that makes sense um i think i'm going to predict that mm. I feel like we've been here before basically, uh, many times. So I, I feel like, okay, aside from the fact that you talked to Will McCaskill in particular about it yesterday, I feel like probably every three to six months, you have some kind of conversation where you're like, Tame, what's the point of this thing? Like, yeah, the business is doing well, but like, you know, what am I really doing this for? I'm really trying to, you know what Tame this week I did an exercise with my coach, about really trying to figure out what motivates me, what are my goals, you know? Um, And every three to six months, this conversation happens. I've heard you have this exact conversation with like, you know, millions of people, you know, this, you know, it feels like you've been trying to understand this for the past like three to four years. Um, And this time you talk to Will McCaskill, but like, it's hard for me to see why this time is any different do you agree that like this is this, this pattern of thinking of like, Hmm, why am I really doing this? And then, you know, a few, uh, maybe like three years ago, you concluded the thing about like, um, tame. I, f- you know what? I found it. I found my mission. It is helping people live happier, healthier, more productive lives. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this has happened a bunch of times, basically. Um, and it doesn't feel like this is going to be any different. It feels like you don't, the fundamentally, the things that you care about have not changed. Uh, you had a chat with Will McCaskill. A big part of his appeal to you, based on what you said, seems to be that he's written some sick books and been on some sick podcasts, and that's like a big part of like the appeal of why you why you look up to him. Um, and it seems like just nothing's going to change, man. Like there's no there's nothing new here. I mean,
0: the question of what am I doing here,
1: it's
0: It's something that we could all do with thinking about every three to six months. Some might even say every quarter, one should revisit the question of why am, I, why am I here? What am I doing here? Are the things that I'm working towards in alignment with the person that I want to be? Um, what is the sort of impact that I want to have on the world or on the people around me or in whatever way? And are my actions aligned with that impact? I think it's useful to check in with yourself because you know the world think yeah, yeah, incentivized to make us want to chase more in the sense of you know what a trip to north macedonia with the lads is really what's going to make me happy the world is incentivized to make us want to be like you know what this apartment is kind of nice but like there's an even nicer one around the corner and if you don't question this stuff from time to time you end up living a life that is effectively you know as i think aristotle or someone said you know the uncontemplated life basically not unexamined worth living life, yeah. unexamined life. Yeah. So, like, you know, I don't want to live an unexamined life. I enjoy examining the things. And so when I speak to someone, so I th- I th- I, th- I think you're right with Will on, on the two counts that he's written sick books and he's been on sick podcasts, which is what I aspire to do. Uh, but also he's had sick impact. Like he has tra- changed the, tra- the, the trajectory of people's lives, um, in a way that's helped them be more intentional with what they're doing and also orient their lives more towards actually having good, having sort of impact in the world.
1: Okay. I guess what I'm actually saying is like, yes, fine. You know, obviously mm. I don't disagree that every quarter you should examine your life and see like, you know, whether you still care about the same things and so on. I feel like it will take a more fundamental shift because like, I don't think the stuff that you've cared about, I mean, the past like three years of examining your life every you know, two to three months, mm. I don't think the stuff that you care about has has like really changed that much. Like, yeah. you know, I think, and yeah, I feel like, I guess my point is, I feel like this is not like the sort of the halo effect of meeting someone cool. And, it's like when you're, you know, when, when I was like, you know, 12 years old and I watched parts yep. of Caribbean, I was like, man, I want to be like Jack Sparrow. He's so cool, man. And like for the next couple of days, I was like, you know, channeling Jack Sparrow. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's not going to lead to like any, any actual change. I think, and, and like, I think you having this, this, I, I think basically your, your method of examining your life mm. is, is, um, is actually not actually geared towards, do, you know, in, examining it or like reaching some new conclusion. Basically, I think the method is like having conversations like this with me and with other people, um, and then it's you're you're probably going to say, I, I think it needs something bigger, man. I think you need mm-hmm. to, I think you need to either have a transformative life experience, like it mm-hmm. seems like that chap had, mm-hmm. or you need to like do something radically different, of like going or going on some vision quest or something in the desert or something, you know, something like that. Hmm. Um, I don't believe that discussing these things. Uh, yeah, I, I don't believe that examining these things in this way where you talk to other, other, like, you know, internet celebrity types, <laughs> other like a bit <laughs> entrepreneur types <laughs> where everyone's like, Hmm. <laughs> you
0: know, we make all this money. Well, what's it for, lads?
1: <laughs> all
0: right, let's meet up again next month. <laughs> you know?
1: Like, yeah, I think, I think there needs to be a radical new approach. What do you mm.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, to to quote my new friend Will McCaskill, uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think there are... There are there are different types of knowing. There, mm. is, there is intellectual knowing, and then there is true yeah. knowing. <laughs> um, or some might say intellectual knowing, emotional knowing, and therefore true knowing. I think something like, this is sort of like basically, for you as parts of the Caribbean, for me, it was any time I'd watch a Marvel film. I'd be like, afterwards, really? I'd be like, oh, man, I want to get hench.
1: I didn't know you were. And, that. Okay.
0: And and for about two days I would be browsing nerdfitness.com and other <laughs> other such things to be like, okay, how do I lose skinny fat? How do I get hench? How do I how much protein yeah. do I need? Like, let me figure out my macros. My yeah. fitness pal, this is the time I'm I'm finally yeah, gonna yeah. start tracking my bloody macros. And yeah. I do it for a few days because of the halo effect of seeing uh, Captain America or whatever. Yeah. Sure. And <laughs> be like, I wanna I wanna, I wanna be hench. And then, like, would life would get in the way and I'd forget, I'd forget that I want I to do the hinge thing. Yeah. Um, so, I was, saying, I was saying this to, like, Evie and Lucia last night. They were like, oh, you know, Evie was asking, do you now identify as an EA? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, damn. And I was like, but the reason is, is that, and Lucia managed to, uh, to put, in, put this into words because I didn't fully, I was sort of had a garbled explanation, is that, I mean, until it becomes an internal drive, it's not going to change anything. Right now, I have this thing of like, oh, this guy's cool. I'm now reading the books. Yeah. But it's like the next step is for me to basically form my own thesis for why I care about this thing yeah. and specifically what that thesis is. So, for example, like last night, I started reading Animal Liberation by our friend Peter Singer mm. to be like, all right, cool. So, that's that's one thing. Um, I'm going to read Doing Good Better as well. And it's. I, I think that the step is to actually immerse myself in the materials to be like, uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah how yeah. can I – and that's and that's the thing that's different yeah,
1: like, yeah 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 i've i've yeah,
0: got this yeah. i've got this extrinsic motivation almost from like seeing a cool guy and being yeah. like i want to I be like this guy yeah so now how does how do i translate that into concrete things and for me it's not like i'm i'm never going to be motivated by it. i want to be the next will mccaskill or i want to be the next Tim ferris because he's like but that was again s- somewhat motivational for about a year It was like yeah. oh yeah be the next Tim ferris meets naval Rubicon, meets whatever yeah um yeah but I think immersing myself in that stuff and actually reading the things and figuring out, okay, what is the thing, what is the thing that intellectually I believe to be true about the world that I should do? Mm. Um, I actually got this tip from Evie when she, she, there was this um, lady who was on the, I think 80,000 hours podcast or something who helps people figure out what to do with their careers. Um, And she said that like step one is to, intellectually find the arguments and decide what, what you want to care about based on the strength of the intellectual arguments. Mm. And once you have done that, step two is to throw yourself into trying to get yourself to intuitively or emotionally care about the thing as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so currently I'm on step zero
1: and okay,
0: yeah. going towards step one of this sort of,
1: yeah. This yeah feels I like think, I think reading, that. reading the material is good. Mm. It feels like over the past few years, the material that you've read to try and figure this out is books about what to do with your life rather than books about anything in particular. Right.
0: Um, yeah, I think that's fair to say.
1: Yeah. And so I think like you've got all the mental models already or or, or whatever Mm -hmm. about like how you might want to think about what to do with your life. And yeah, I think immersing yourself in the material of like actual specific things. Yeah. Specific um, cause. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, specific calls. Um, yeah, I back it. Uh, yeah, I think that could be different this time.
0: All right. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I started reading Animal Liberation, and I'm in the in the process of being convinced why animals need to be liberated. <laughs> um, <yeah>. Nice.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's me, and I've got my new personal trainer starting in 10 minutes' time. So he's coming over to the flat. Nice. Why did you get a new one? Um, I actually haven't had one for several months. Uh, cause in, in, initially I was at, you know, it's a bit of a windy story. I, w- I was at Virgin active. Um, and I had a personal trainer at Virgin active and I'd go there like two or three times a week, but it was a lot of faff to go to the actual gym. Um, you know, I was doing it. It was fairly close to the studio, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But then my personal trainer from at, at, at Virgin active yeah. basically said, Hey, you've got a flat in your gym. Why don't we take this off chain and I'll come. <laughs> I'll come and train you at your flat. And I was like, sick, win-win. And he was like, and you can cancel your Virgin active membership too. And I was like, okay, sure. This sounds like a win because it saves me money. And it means I don't have to go to Virgin active. And then he came to my gym once. And then he was kind of like, Oh, it's a bit far. The timings don't work out. Like he still has a day job at Virgin active. So just, it just wasn't really working. And then he I sort of went you, off. Leave Virgin active, I'll come to you. And then
1: he was like, ah, I don't know about that.
0: Basically, I mean, I, I could have pushed harder for it, but it's just like the, the timings didn't quite work. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Gordon, my videographer, became my gym buddy and we were going to like train together and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think in that context, we were letting perfect be the enemy of good because we were like, oh yeah, it would be so sick to get. Why, did- Why is your laptop making noise?
1: Sorry, it's my uh, calendar apps.
0: My goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be, be, be cool to do this body transformation thing, blah, 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 blah. blah. And we did that for a couple of weeks and then life got in the way, the calendar got in the way and coordinating both him and mine where neither of us are getting paid for it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually quite hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's nothing really like someone getting paid for
1: it to make something happen.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, it's almost like, you know, th- th- there can only really be one thing in your life that you do every week that you're not getting paid for <laughs> <that requires laughs> two, two people's calendars, like, you know, and having, trying to do that three times a week with Jim was yeah. becoming unfeasible. And so I was just like, you know what? I just need to get a personal trainer who's fully, fully incentivized to, where both of us are fully incentivized to help me out. Yeah. <laughs> and if Gordon wants to join for some of the workouts, he can join. But I think we'll, th- we'll make that the cherry on top rather than the core yeah. of my health model. Cause I was finding as well, that, oh, I, can't, I couldn't possibly go to the gym today. Cause Gordon's not around. And oh, that's just okay, yeah, that's yeah. the enemy of the good. So yeah, that's the idea. Personal trainer. I think his name's Dougie. No, so is it Dougie? I need to find out what, what his name is, <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> He'll be saying hello to me in about eight minutes time.
1: Nice. I back it. Yeah. What do you Good to stuff. When do you reckon you'll have finished animal liberation?
0: Um, I, don't know. I will. It's my bedtime reading <laughs> on Kindle. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I think when I, when I have spare time, so it's like when I'm, when I'm basically not doing the book, this will be the yeah. thing that I I'm doing. Yeah for the next couple of weeks, probably to immerse myself. And I have a chat on the podcast next month with the other co-founder of 80,000 hours. His name is Ben, Mm. who is another one of these Oxford grad productivity bros who's into altruism and stuff. Yeah. Um, So I'm sure that will be another sort of touch point to get, to get a speed boost. Um, And there's this person who also works at 80,000 hours um, called Habiba, who we're trying to get on the pod to basic. She's like a career coach that helps you sort of work through and figure out what you actually care about and what to do with your career. Things like that. Um, so those are the sort of, you know, one of the, one of my, my favorite learnings from the last few years is who, not how I think who who can help me with this thing rather than how can I do this thing myself? Yeah. yeah, I'm doing a bit, a little bit of both. How by like reading the materials, animal liberation and doing it better. And I'll probably watch some of the documentaries as well to see yeah. if there's anything that particularly moves me to, to action, um, but the who is yeah, and the, and the nice thing,
1: ago, that's great yeah,
0: and and the, and the nice thing about the sort of the EA Bros um, and the the whole altruism community is that like they uh, like the more the more people get into it, the more impact they're going to have, obviously. And so it's like I, you know, an organization like eighty thousand hours is just sick because you know, it's a nonprofit that's got like some sick people in it and they just hop on one-on-one calls, coaching calls with people to just literally help them figure out what to do with their life. This is the yeah. sort of shit you normally pay like 5k a month for. If you get an executive coach or something, but these guys are doing it for free because that's the impact yeah. that they care about. They want to get more people to switch to or move towards careers that have, that have impact impact. Yeah. And I think I'm in a kind of nice position where <laughs> lots of people want to, want to help me kind of figure this out. Um, so yeah, it's a, it'll be an interesting journey. I'll, I'll keep you all updated on the pod.
1: I love it. Yeah. Um, should we read out a review to sure. wrap things up? Let's see what the status is on podcast reviews.
0: Um, let's see what comments we got on yesterday's pod, last oh, week's. Whoops. Every Monday I check for a new episode of Not Overthinking and it's finally back says our friend Aman. Um The banter is quite nice to hear please do this more regularly even though you don't have a specific topic says Anisha. Oh yeah have you figured out your boundary issue?
1: My boundary issue? Yeah, you need to figure that out. Yeah, have I figured it out anymore? I don't think so. Maybe we can explore that next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: We have one review, which is a three-star review from Grandmaster Grey in the United States. It's entitled, A Little More Effort Couldn't Hurt. They say, I love this podcast. I also feel as though a little more effort could go into the planning. I realize this is a side hobby for both hosts, but that's just my opinion. Also, after listening to the last episode, I appreciate Ali trying to get Taymor to be more open I think their openness is what makes me want to listen over other podcasts. So I appreciate what you guys share. Keep up the great work. I play. Nice. Thank Should you, Grandmaster. Thanks for pushing for this one, by the way. I'd, I'd buggered off to North Macedonia and forgotten about it. And then you made this happen. Yeah.
0: A, no, it up. was because Lucia and Evie r- reminded me, me, me yesterday. <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh, really? Friday. The podcast supposed to come out on Friday. What the hell? Is it <laughs> it's Friday? Friday late. It's, it's Saturday today, mate.
1: No, but it, does it come out on Fridays now? It used to be like Sunday. Yeah, it comes out on Fridays. Or nice. something. Yeah. All right. um, good stuff. Have a good time with Dougie. Thanks. And, uh, uh, I don't think the name yeah. is Dougie, but yeah. <laughs> I'll like uh, have so a good time nice with whoever this chap is. Thank for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.